0: Is your boss ripping you off? Find out on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Shopify. Build a beautiful e-commerce store in minutes with the number one platform in the world. To start your store the right way, go to servenomaster.com backslash Shopify now.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. In this episode, I want to talk about
0: something near and dear to my heart, and that's the experience of being an employee. What it really means and understanding the finance of being on both sides of a business. I was an employee for a long time, and now I'm the boss with several employees, and it's very important to understand the financial decisions that go into becoming a boss and how every single business is run. Whether you're at the bottom or the top of the tree, understanding this process will help you to make the right decisions and to figure out, is your boss actually paying you what you're worth? Businesses are built and found on a single principle. They're there to make money, to make a profit. Would you invest $10 if I told you 10 years later you could come back and you could get your $10 back? Of course not. No business is operated at the purpose of breaking even. Businesses that try to do that always disappear. They fade away. Many businesses try to serve two masters. They try to make a profit, but they also have a heavy influence on giving away large percentages of their income and their revenue to charity, and they end up getting stuck. They go stagnant, and most if not all of these businesses go out of business quite quickly. They can't last because businesses only work when they're driven by profit. Your salary is very simply the least your boss can pay you to get you to do the job. If your boss thought he could get away with giving you a 10% pay cut without affecting your work or getting you to quit, he would do it immediately. As a boss, every penny he doesn't pay you is a penny that goes into the company and eventually goes into him whether your boss is the owner or in middle management or somewhere in between, regional manager or district manager, any of those things, his bonuses and his pay packets often are built around profit. And a big drain on profit is operating costs. How much do they pay everyone working in that region, in that division, in that office? If he can keep your salary down, he'll often get a larger bonus at the end of the year. And maybe your boss is a lady, so maybe she's seeking that bonus. The easiest way to figure out if you're being paid fairly or you're getting way underpaid, is to look at the market. What do independent contractors get paid for the same job? One of the first places we can look at is the military. In the military, as a soldier, you don't get paid very well. There are a lot of other benefits that they add in to try and make it seem more valuable, including getting access to the Veterans Hospital, which was, as we know, is not that great. They're trying to make it better, but it struggled for a long time. Every few years, there's a new scandal about how horribly We treat veterans in America in those hospitals. They also give you free housing, discounts at stores when you buy at the military store, and access to other different group discounts. The same type of discounts you get when you join any other large organization that does group insurance or group healthcare, group shopping. All of these benefits can be found in other places. But what happens when a soldier leaves the military and becomes a private contractor? Oftentimes, a soldier will make three to five times more money simply by going private. And here's the crazy part. They're working for the same person. Look at how many private contractors there are in the Middle East. Whenever we start a conflict, we don't have enough soldiers. Where do we find extra soldiers? Well, people that the military already trained. So the most military will train someone, invest time, money in their weapons and equipment, teaching them everything they need to know. Then when the person leaves the military, they can get a job working for the U.S. government, simply by working as a contractor and make more money. And the same thing applies in lots of other places. There are a lot of opportunities in the last 20 years in intelligence gathering. Someone can work for the CIA for 20 years, get their retirement, leave, become an independent contractor, and come back the next day getting paid two or three times more money for the same job. Of course, you might be thinking, well, the government's notorious for overpaying contractors, and obviously there's a big problem there. But this tells you what your value is. As a soldier fighting for the United States... You can get paid $60,000 a year or $200,000 a year. Which one would you choose? Yes, in one you're fighting for your country and the other one you're fighting for money, but you're still fighting for the same person. And we can look at other examples in other places where you could get paid a very similar thing. I look at what copywriters who work for companies make and a lot of companies have a copywriters on staff and is making minimum wage or maybe a little bit more. And that same person could leave, start their own little business, set up a website, hang up a shingle. And as a copywriter who's worked for a large company for two or three years, they could immediately jump and make five to 10 times more money. When writing a sales letter, I get paid anywhere from four to $20,000, depending upon uh, the pieces of the contract. Am I writing emails? Am I working from something that's completed? How many projects am I doing for the person? That's a massive amount more money than a lot of people who are making $3,000 a month copywriting make. For a few days work, maybe a week's work, I can make what they're making in a month or a year. So you can look at what other people are making and you go, oh, wow, if I was just working for myself, how much would I get paid? Look at how well consultants do. Companies will pay their staff a certain amount of money, then they'll bring in a consultant and pay them 10 times more money to fire everyone. So we really want to think about what our value is. and It starts by looking at, number one, what is our worth in the marketplace if we're working for ourselves? What would someone who was hiring me directly pay me to do this work? And if you're working for another company who's providing you as a service, for example, if you're an artist or a graphic designer working for an ad company, the ad company gets paid a huge amount of money. And then because you're in-house, they pay you one amount. But if you were working for yourself and you were billing them, you could charge a lot more money. It's amazing what different services cost. Just getting a logo designed. Yeah, you can get a discount logo for $20, but my new logo cost me $150. And I was really lucky to get the price that low for really high quality work. Stuff is expensive. So the artist who worked on my logo is $100 an hour. The artist who designed my new logo charges $100 an hour. And getting a new logo designed for that cheaply is considered a real coup in my business. I really got a great price. Many people spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on a logo design when they hire outside house. So what you can do to find out what people charge is to just look online. So many of our answers can be found with a little bit of research. Hop onto Google, hop onto Upwork and type in what your skill set is and see what people charge per hour. There are plenty of people out there who do exactly what you do, charging 10, 20, or $100 per hour. About 15 years ago, when I was selling computers on the phone, there were two types of employees. There were employees that were hired directly by the company and they were considered staff. And then there were employees that were hired through a sketchy employment agency that allowed them to be called part-timers. They were still working full-time hours, but the company didn't have to give them health insurance and they weren't paid any bonuses. They could max out around $18 an hour, whereas someone on my side of this fence who was a direct hire could max out around $100 to $200 an hour doing the exact same job. In fact, I was struggling in one of the areas of sales because we had so many metrics, and they brought someone over who was making $18 an hour, and I learned what he was doing. He taught me his system to improve my sales, and I made massively more money from him. So the trainer was getting underpaid. You can be working at a company and. This is often true that different employees make different amounts of money. When you take on a job and they make you an offer, it's your opportunity to negotiate. And many people don't because they just want the job and we're in a market right now where everyone needs work. And I totally understand that. So they say, hey, we'll give you this job. It's $32,000 a year. And you go, okay, I'll take it. Thanks. I'm just glad to get hired. Whereas another person might walk in and go, oh, I'm going to need 36. I'm going to need 40. And they'll give it to that person because they found someone they want and they don't want to go back through the hiring cycle. I hate hiring people. It's a lot of work. You go through all these interviews and every time I post a job for a new position, I get hundreds of applications and most of them are people I would never hire. They're totally unqualified. They haven't even read the application. They just click and apply to every single job they see. But even the people that I say, okay, you've made it through phase two and phase three. Let's talk on Skype. A bunch of them never add me or never message me again. And so it's really annoying to go through that cycle. And even now, when I have a good team, when we're struggling with a team member, I would rather work and invest time in improving that team member's performance than try and replace them. Companies lose huge amounts of money when they go through a hiring cycle. We don't factor that in though when we take a job, we just take the position and then we're stuck there and we're caught in between hope and fear. We hope for a raise, we hope we're going to make enough money, but we're afraid of losing our job. And your boss's main job is to keep you in between those two magnetic poles so that you don't have so much hope that you ask for a raise, but you don't have so much fear that you eventually give up your job because you can't take it anymore. They want to keep you in that middle zone where you have enough hope that you don't quit and enough fear that you don't ask for a raise. That's the dream employee. That's what every boss wants. That's someone who does their job and they don't get a raise even though money is worth less and less every year every single year we have inflation, which means every year a dollar is worth less than it was before. I'm only 36. I'll be 37 soon. But even in my lifetime, I've watched money collapse in value. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, go buy a stamp. Every time you go to buy a stamp, the price is insanely higher. used to be able to mail an envelope for a penny. Then it was a nickel. Then it was 10 cents. Then it was a quarter. And now I think to send a letter, it's like $17. Because money is so low value. And in fact, many people buy stamps that don't have a currency number on them. They're just a first class stamp because they know the price is going to go up, 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 up down the line. And so you can try and future proof your stamp investment because money is always worth less. So if you get paid the same amount of money for 10 years in a row, you're actually taking a little pay decrease each year. Now, there are a lot of other factors that go into how business pays you. Another way they determine what to pay you is how much money you generate for the company. If you make your company $100 in profit every single day, they would never pay you $100 because they're at break even. What's the point? The greater the distance between the profit you generate and what they pay you, that's their true profit. That's their net profit. So if you're generating $100 a day and they're paying you 99, they're making a dollar a day or 30 days a month profits. It's not very good. But if they can get your salary down to $90, $50, $30, think about the difference for them. And that's, Really, the way business works, and that's capitalism. That's how everyone is in business. Every single person is in business to make as much money for themselves as possible. This is one of the reasons I'm a big believer in working for yourself because you control your income. Now, we're afraid of starting our own businesses, and there's a host of reasons for that. And our culture constantly tells us all the dangers. What if your business fails? What if you leave your job, start a business and you can't find another job? And one of the ways to defray that is to start saving money and make sure you have at least six months of runway to really try your next project. I'm a big believer in starting your business from grassroots to spend from profits rather than spending huge amounts up front. I was just approached by someone who wanted to hire me for a project and said, oh, I can get a new credit card, no problem to pay you. And I said, I'm not interested in that. I don't do that to people. The last thing I want to do is bring more debt into someone's life because then it turns from a strategic decision into gambling where there's a risk of them getting behind, where there's a risk of them owing a debt and being struck behind, paying it, paying it, paying it for a long time. I want to avoid all of those things. So when you go into work tomorrow, if you're still working for someone else, think about exactly what you're getting paid. One of the big tricks with salary is that they dazzle you with what you're getting paid per month. But do you ever think about what you're making per hour? And my last job, my yearly salary was $36,000. That was before taxes and deductions and all of those other things. And the real amount I was getting paid was between $2,200 and $2,100 a month. But let's say I was making $3,000 a month. That's for 160 hours of work. If you start breaking it apart and looking at 40 hours a week and we take that 3,000 and we divide it down at $750 a week, it's around $125 a day. But if we break it down again into eight hours, now it's starting to look closer and closer and closer to minimum wage. It's really important to look at what you're actually getting paid for your time. Now, one of the things that's cool about salaries that you get paid even when you're not working, unless, of course, you're a lawyer, or you're in a business where they track you minute by minute. So there are benefits to working in that environment, look at how many hours you spend in the office. Most people, when they're looking at their work and their hours, they start the clock the minute they sit down in their chair and then they end the clock the minute they walk out. And when you work for a company, you've got a time card. That's how it works. Clock in, clock out. But that's the hours they're getting. What you really want to count is your hours. If you have to drive an hour to and from work every day, you need to add that commute to your figures because you're still spending those hours working for your company, even if you're in the car. Yeah, you can imagine that you're not really working, that you can listen to what you want in the car and you can be productive. And that's true. I do teach you methods and techniques where you can be productive with the car time, but it's still time you're not doing what you want. Just yesterday, I was talking to someone on the phone. They said, well, where is your office? Where do you work? I work out of my bedroom. Right now, I'm in the bedroom recording this inside. Normally, I record episodes outside, but I'm doing a few inside this week. And I'm hanging out in the bedroom with the dog. And as soon as I finish this recording, I can walk outside and in 30 seconds, I can be swimming or I can be in the ocean or I can be kayaking or paddling, depending upon the whims of the tide. Removing a commute from my workday frees up a huge amount of time. And that has value. So we want to really think about all of the time you invest in your job and what the true value is. Now, I recently heard someone talking about how you work 100 hours a week as an entrepreneur to avoid working 40 hours a week as an employee. And that's kind of true. Often entrepreneurs and people starting businesses work more hours, but that's because we're getting paid more per hour. That's because we have more leverage over our time. I'd really like you to spend a few moments today and think about how you're compensated for your time and is it worth it? As I talk about in Serve to Master and other places, we often are held back by fear. We're afraid of what will happen if we lose our jobs. What will happen to my health insurance? What will happen to my family? What happens if this or that happens? Now, i don't push burning the boats. You don't need to quit your job and start working for yourself today and hope that you make it. I do believe that you should start building up revenue streams as a protection or a bulwark against the possibility of losing your job. I just want you to start thinking about what your time is worth because this will affect a critical decision you make when you start working for yourself. The first year I worked for myself, after leaving that position, okay, they fired me. I made almost exactly $36,000. I made within about 2% of that amount. Every month when I would make around $3,000, I'd go, okay, I hit my number for the month. That's what I'm worth. And I only realized what was happening when one of my mentors told me that most people do that. When they leave a job, their first year in business work themselves, they make almost the exact same amount of money because that's what we believe our time is worth. What you believe your time is worth will determine what people pay you. I was recently approached about a job where someone wanted me to help them with something and they offered me $500. I almost immediately hung up the phone because I knew how much time it would take and it would take me a couple of days of work. And to me... That's not even close to what my time is worth. At a time, I would be investing the resource. I would use the people on my team that would be involved. I don't take jobs that small, but there are plenty of people who do. And the only difference between me and the person that he's probably going to hire for the job is self-perception. That person believes their time is worth less than mine. So they take lower paying jobs. If you start to believe your time is worth more, then it is worth more. When you're working for yourself and people offer you positions or mention projects to you. When you say, well, this is what I get paid. This is what my time is worth. And my perception and my belief about my time and what I charge for projects comes from what people have paid me. Every single time someone approaches me about a job, I say, here's what the last person paid me. And I tell them a real number. So it's never me saying, oh, this is the price. I don't even have to do that. I say, this is the last person paid me. Can you match it or beat it if you want me to work with you instead? And it's a very simple, very honest way of negotiating. It's not manipulative. and. I teach other techniques where when you're starting out and you don't have a a track record of success, you simply say the biggest number you can say and see what happens. You kind of throw a bomb and you sit there silently to see if people will accept what you said or if they go, are you kidding me? That's way too high. And I still do that sometimes. Sometimes I just say a huge number to see what happens. But just this week, someone wants me to work with them, not quite exclusively, but to give them a huge amount of my bandwidth. And I said, well, I'm already working with someone else and doing a lot. And they said, well, what if I pay you 30% more? And I said, well, that's obviously very interesting to me. You don't have to negotiate hard. Most of the way you generate revenue and how you get paid comes from self-perception, what you believe your time is worth. As you believe your time is worth more, people will pay you more. And that's really something that we want to drive towards as you move forward and start to build your own businesses and start your own projects and take on consulting jobs or look at an online project. When I'm looking at launching a new book on Amazon, I'm very mathematical. Sometimes people approach me and say, Jonathan, you're really good at, why don't you write a book about this topic? And I look at the topic and sometimes it's a topic where I'll make $10 a month on that book and it's just not worth my time. I really want to make $5 to $10 per day for every new book I add to the catalog. For me, adding books to Amazon is about building bricks on a wall. And I calculate my time slightly differently because I know that I'm going to make that 5 to $10 a day for the next 5 to 10 years. So it's actually a massive amount of money just slowly delivered. It's like those people who win the lottery and say, give me money every year rather than taking the smaller lump sum. It's the exact same approach. Once I know what my time is worth and how long it takes me to work on a project and how much effort it takes, that helps me really calculate the math and figure out how much time and energy I'm going to invest in that project or if it's the right project for me. So whether you're looking at building an online business, launching products, writing books, or taking some consulting work in the short term to make short term money to fund your long term projects. It's really, really important to have a strong sense of what your time is worth. I used to take low paying projects a long time ago when I was first starting. My very first client was $200 a month. And that's where I started out. My business started out at a very low number compared to where I am now. But at the time, I thought it was great money. What I want you to do today as your homework assignment number one is to calculate what you're getting paid per hour and I'd like you to include all the extra things that are part of your job if you're driving around in your car you're running errands count that time in the gas money if you're taking a big commute to and from work add those hours in if your boss calls you at home all of these little things are part of your job and Companies, when they give you your pay package, they do everything they can to minimize how much you're working and maximize how much it seems like you're getting paid. So it seems like the best opportunity in the history of all opportunities. And this is them manipulating perception. There's nothing wrong with that. We just want to be aware of that and look at perception in the other direction to make sure we're getting the right benefits. So figure out what you're getting paid per hour and then sit down and say to yourself, is this what my time is worth? Go look online, see what other people who do the exact same thing, but as a freelancer get paid. Would you get paid more money if you were working for yourself doing the exact same thing? And I want you to decide what your time is worth. Choose a number and say, when I work for myself or when I work on my side projects, this is what an hour of my time is worth. Maybe for you, it's $20 or $100 or $1,000. Or maybe you're a super boss and your time is worth $10,000. I watch a lot of those shows with investors and people that are worth millions or even billions of dollars and their time is worth that. They're so wealthy and they control so many employees. They own such large companies that their time is really worth tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm on the way there. So what I'd like you to do is really look at the numbers and find out
1: if your boss is ripping you off. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to Servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday.
0: Need a traffic explosion? Let me add a little accelerant with my free guide, Traffic Bomb, at servnomaster.com front slash bomb.